to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast. And today we have a, a friend from across the pond, Jan Cavell. Uh, Jan is a is an entrepreneur. She started off as an entrepreneur, um, built a business up, ended up uh, leaving that business and kind of creating freedom in, in what she calls her happy place, which I'll let her explain that to you. So, Jan, welcome to the show today. Jeff, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me on. I appreciate it so much. Um, looking forward to having you on today. Why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about your story? Sure. Well, I started, as some of your audience will identify with, with a very brief tangle with the horrid time of being in a job you loathe, or, or several jobs in my case, because I loathed them. I did them very badly and usually got pushed out. Um, so it didn't take me long to go the self-employed route. I mean, I was, I was still <laughs> under 20 when I decided that working for myself was absolutely the only way to go. <laughs> and so I was very happy doing that, did lots and lots of different things. But I ended up as a single mother through a divorce and okay. extremely broke. And so I had to take things a bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. So I built a business up from kitchen table startup to... <laughs> A fair size with fifty odd people um, and nice. a couple of factories. Um, now, what what type of business was this? That was a manufacturing business. Okay, wow, a tough, tough, tough gig. Um, <laughs> not one I'd encourage people to go into unless they really have very, very good reasons. Mine was more yeah. accidental. Yeah. You know, I started off just selling, um, mm-hmm. and I was buying in and selling, but I couldn't get the supply chain right. So okay. hence, hence going into manufacturing myself. Makes sense. But, I yeah. mean, it, it was great when it was small, loved mm-hmm. it to pieces, you know, sort of under 12 people or so were, was fantastic. You know, we could all work out a great life. Mm-hmm. But after that, things yeah. changed a lot. And yeah, you, you, you go from doing the parts much. of it that you love to, to being yeah. a, a den mother at that point. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly what anybody would have called me, but I think it was called many things, but I'm not sure a dead mother would have been anything. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's right, you do. And yeah. it's it's a complete change. And, and it's very, very, very tough. And it's mm-hmm. not for everybody. And yeah. I weathered it for nearly 10 years, I guess, at that wow. size. But it just, it just absolutely burnt me out. It wasn't mm-hmm. for me. I should never have stayed there 10 years, but you know. <laughs> there we are. But yeah, you're right. I am back to my happy place. I work for myself, um, albeit not not as driven as I don't have to be as driven given my age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I do what I love to do, which is a combination of two things from my past. One of which is writing because I'd started writing articles. I'd always dreamed of being a writer anyway from childhood. So, you know, happy times. Mm -hmm. And I'd also become involved in a lot of entrepreneurial campaigns 
or rather to add him, I'm not sure entrepreneurial campaigns is the right way to put it, campaigns encouraging others to consider entrepreneurship mm-hmm. for the UK government and various other people. And so I, I loved that. Um, I loved opening people's minds to possibility, even if it wasn't for them, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people think I can't do it, I shouldn't do it, and and not aware enough that it could be for them. Mm-hmm. So I loved that work uh, and putting that together, which is what I do now with my writing of, of sort of opening a gateway, an eye into entrepreneurship um, nice. for anybody to read. Um, yeah. it's, it's very much my happy place. Now, when you write, is it more about trying to convince people to get into entrepreneurship or is it really just more talking about, you know, uh, you, you came from the field of of being an entrepreneur, kind of sharing those experiences or, or a combination? It's a combination. Actually, my first okay. book, which I, I never thought I'd pull off because, you know, it was <laughs> a sort of grown up dream, you know, um, but that one was really exploring that that sort of stage you go through that we were talking about of why is yeah. that bigger leap so tough so that was that was as much initially for me as sort of a bit of a thesis exploration whereas this latest book i have out is very much um back to the roots of entrepreneurial campaign making people aware that they could do it because so, it's it's called start for success and it um, okay it's it's I've tried very hard to make it authentic. I think there are a lot of books written about entrepreneurship, which may be very good, very sound textbook wise, but I wanted people to know what it was really like, you know, warts yeah. and all. Yeah. Well, I mean, and let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, you know, you, you've been successful growing, you know, starting a business, growing a business. I mean, that, that alone is, you know, fantastic, but then, you also had that growth phase. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, what do you attribute your original success to, you know, getting past that kitchen table? I think uh, it was a combination of things. I think on a skill set wise, and trust me, my skills were limited. Mm-hmm. I had done quite a lot of sales orientated things. Okay. And I do think that sales is a mammothly useful skill, you know, in life. Even if you're a founder that never ever wants to do sales for fact, but you can have that, that ability to put forward a vision and communicate with people and all those things, I, I do think it's a really good asset. Hmm. So, so, so my only skill was useful, <laughs> particularly considering the lack of the others. <laughs> but yeah, that and a huge determination because I was really up against it and the children were very young. Um, so, you know, I jolly well had to. Yeah, yeah, you had and to make can, it happen. That can be yeah. all you need to get you going. You know, it's not all, all all dreams. Sometimes it's just reality. Now, was that that move beyond the kitchen table a conscious decision or did it just kind of evolve as you were going? Or It was pretty evolving. It was okay. niggling me for a long while. I mean, we started very early. As I said to you, we were manufacturing and Part of, part of sort of half of the processes we started very early because we just couldn't buy it in. But that was still very much cottage industry. Mm. And when we grew, it, it had begun to niggle me. I was thinking, this is ridiculous. Why am I not doing it myself? And then thinking I wouldn't have a clue how. And it came accidentally, believe it or not, because 
the main person who was making all the furniture we had uh, literally decided to retire overnight. He rang my doorbell <laughs> one Friday afternoon and said, I'm sorry, I've had enough. There won't be any furniture next week. And I went, what do you mean? There wow. Won't be any furniture? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a little bit of hysteria and a lot of negotiation. And, and I had a, a small furniture business as well as my existing one. Okay. And, and then it, it just was way beyond my expectation and it had to grow it had to be practical mm. it had to be one roof and the roof had to be paid for and yeah so it was sort of organic and forced um <laughs> yeah you were you were sourcing from uk not not overseas yeah. okay i was i was buying a few things in from italy um okay. which of course is, is a big hub and, and you can buy things subsidized from italy um mm. because they encourage furniture manufacturing over there in a way perhaps we don't in the uk Okay. Which makes it hard to be competitive. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, without getting too political or on my <laughs> <laughs> and, and in today's world with a Brexit and everything else, it's a whole nother animal. So. I shouldn't think you can get the chairs anymore. I mean, you yeah. know, honestly. Yeah. Besides so driving over and throwing them on your... <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so much more complex now. And, you know, it, you, you would think, that everything got easier, but it really hasn't. I mean, it just is more more politics that get involved in the whole mess. So yeah. you you went, you know, you you kind of built the business up, and you had that ten year stint. What was the what was kind of the impetus for? Okay, I'm done. I'm out of here. And I mean, did you sell the manufacturing business, or how did well, you exit? Firstly, it was sort of really, it was almost 20 years altogether. It okay. was sort of 10 happy years, and then 10 <laughs> growingly unhappy years. I had lots of offers for the business during okay. that time, and I seesawed back and forth, and, you know, yes, I'm really interested, let's have talks. Oh, I don't know, should I? Um, <laughs> which which was stupid, because some of the offers were really good. Um, but in the end, it just got to the pitch, and I I, I just was so far gone. A competitor wanted it, but he didn't want all of it. He wanted the brand and he wanted the people. And mm -hmm. so we sort of did a, a bit of a fire sale breakup, sold some Buster S, which, sure. which was a really bad deal financially. And everybody told me not to do it. But I mm -hmm. just reached that pitch where I couldn't. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you just reach a point where it's just, yeah. it's more than, yeah, it, it starts affecting your health at that point. Oh, it was. Badly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I spent more time at the doctor than I did at the office. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> yeah. So you decided to retire mm -hmm. and go back to what you love. Uh, how did you get, because there's a lot of people in our audience. I know that one have said, I want to write a book. You know, and, and, and they always have an excuse not to do it. I mean, I was one of those, you know, I spent 25 years, I, I trained as a writer, spent 25 years working in finance. And it wasn't until a friend of mine, you know, called me on my BS that, uh, <laughs> that I, you know, finally wrote the first book that I wrote, but what was that, you know, okay, I've retired now. I want to get into writing. How did you make that transition? Well, I've been dabbling by writing articles as a stress okay. reliever, you know, so that gave me some working with a professional editor because it was for a business magazine, quite a good nice. one over here, was, was a very good lesson in writing. 
um, Dave was terribly kind to me, so he probably should have taught me a lot more. But uh, but yeah, I did that for about the last six years. I was in business. Okay. So you know, but I put in some grunt work, and then like you, I went on some courses because I thought, oh, you know, I've always been interested in that, and so I did some journal courses and copywriting mm-hmm. courses and. I can't remember what else I did, about four, I think, while I was writing articles, still not with really any great intent. And then I looked at this business. It was still niggling me. I was still thinking, you know, why was that next leap up so hard? Mm -hmm. And starting looking at my friends, I thought, goodness, there's lots of them finding that leap up. You know, this is a thing. <laughs> it wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah. So I started I started talking to people because I was interviewing entrepreneurs as well. And I started almost, um, you know, writing about that. But how it became a book was really because I got um, – uh, in my investigations and talkings, I contacted a, a very high-powered entrepreneur I knew vaguely from my days days when I had the business. And he said, come down to London and I'll talk to you about it. I said, okay. And he invited me to a very swanky place in London, which was lovely. And I, I chatted through with him in a rather sort of, oh, gosh, okay, sort of way. <laughs> and then I got out of there and I thought, oh, God, you know, what have I done? This is serious. I'm starting to take up all sorts of very important people's time here. <laughs> you know, I'd better try and do a book. <laughs> and I was very, very lucky, Jeff. You know, I mm. put in three submissions, one of okay. which was to Bloomsbury Publishing. Mm. Um, they gave me a contract. So, you know, that's my book career got uh, started. Mm. But, Wonderful. Yeah, so. So let's talk a little bit about that because, I mean, I've self-published most of the stuff I've done. So talk about that process of, of getting a book published. What's, what were the steps you kind of went through to get to the publisher? Well, it was – I mean, I was I was ridiculously lucky. I mean, in essence, you should put in your idea – that's true i'll tell you for why in a second but um you should put in your idea early on and discuss the actual idea with them the Mm. submissions for a publisher tend to be very complex and they look at lots of things particularly for non-fiction they'll look at your ability to sell it and all sorts Mm. of things you know as importantly as the book which is fair enough so it's very much you know are you going to make a business out of a book but now I was, in fairness, because I, I put in my three submissions and the Bloomsbury one bounced. Email came back at me. <laughs> so I thought, oh, for goodness sakes, I was tired and cross. And so I sent them a tweet. <laughs> and I said, yeah, your emails aren't working, Bloomsbury <laughs> Publishing. <laughs> Seriously, you know. And I got a really nice DM back <laughs> saying, I'm a junior business editor here. Can I help you? So he gave me his direct email, which of course is unheard of, you know. So yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to be lucky, better than good. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you still have yeah, to have I've a got, great. Yeah, you still have to gra- have a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's an interesting ride, and it's interesting comparing the two because I've done self-publishing okay. the second time. Yeah. And so I can really understand the pros and cons of both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, th- I think it very much depends on lo- lots of factors. What do you want out of it? I'm glad I've done both. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, there, there are pluses on both sides. Sure. Well, and I, it was funny. I interviewed a gentleman uh, a couple of days ago and we were talking about that. And, you know, he said he's published, I think he's published three books, you know, one self-published, one published through, a, you know, a publishing company. 
And what he was explaining is he's like, you know, that book, he goes, I, I published it through the publishing company, but the new version of it is actually self-published. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of leveraged that. Okay. They're going to get me out there from a distribution standpoint. And then, you know, okay, now I can, now I can actually go out there with the revised sell edition it. and yeah. and sell it more. I think so. it's difficult. I mean, the first one, you know, it's, it's an interesting book if, if you're – exploring that particular point and i think yeah. it still stands up for that but it was just pre-pandemic and one of the reasons mm. i did the second one is you know we've just seen so many changes in business it's almost unrecognizable isn't it yep. in the past two or three years so let's talk so, about that uh, book now so th is that one out yet or is it on the way start yeah it's been out about five weeks i think Okay, fantastic. Start for success. Mm. Start for success. So let's walk through that a little bit. What are some of the principles that you talk about in there? Well, I mean, I I wanted uh, over ambitiously to cover virtually all the main things in business. So you know, we go from why do it to mindset to mm. um, motivation and values and all the basics there, and um, vision, whatnot. We talk about different ways of raising money versus bootstrapping. We talk about all the marketing aspects, business risks. You know, virtually everything is in there. Oof. But the way I wanted to do it, it was it was a writing experiment, really. I mean, it's mm -hmm. one of the reasons it's nice to self-publish is you can indulge your own, sure. you know, sort of, of things you want to try. And I wanted to write something that used stories to show because, you know, of that, of course, is what we're taught to do writing-wise. So I wanted to write a book which, for example, if, if you've got a chapter on values, then it sort of explained the whole principles, but then gave a couple of entrepreneur stories to mm. make that come to life, which sounded a lovely idea. But, of course, if you're talking about this jigsaw puzzle of nearly all the main business, I, I hope all the main business things in it. And a couple of stories from each to try and find matching stories that were interesting, entertaining. Yeah. You know, I ended up speaking, well, speaking to considerably more, but I ended up working with 70 entrepreneurs yeah. um, alone. <laughs> but of research you can imagine. Um, you know, and, my, and my, might I recommend a prod a podcast? It's way easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said to me since, "Why didn't you do a podcast?" Yeah. Or indeed, why don't you do a podcast with the people in the book? You know, sure, a bit mental. Yeah, but well, it, that was. It's, it's I mean, that's basically what I did with my book. I mean, I yeah, I had been doing interviews for with people for over a year, and I just kind of, you know, I had such a good selection of of people that as I was putting the chapters together, I would, you know, it would be, oh yeah, this would be great. Jan's story would be great here. You know, let me drop it in there, absolutely, and then have have it linked to the interview on the electronic version at least, or or go up to on the printed version, go up to a a main website. But, you know, I, I think it's fun. That's why I record all these I, I things. I think it's fun, too. Yeah. People fascinate me. And the yep. different entrepreneurial stories are just, you know, once once I got going and the word got out with PR contacts and, you know, everything, the stories that came back, some of them were just extraordinary, as well as, mm. as, well as for really useful ones that were a good read. But some of them, you just went, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just, uh, yeah. it fascinates me how people start businesses mm. and, and how they come about, you know, starting a business and, and, you know, people that are wildly successful and you would never think 
that would be a, a successful business, but somebody has to do it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, it's, it's have, riveting stuff, isn't it? I'm totally addicted. Yeah, I have a, I have a really good friend that had a very successful dog training business and, and boarding business, and it came all out of her just having a love for dogs. Um, That's and, become and hate, very and hating big, her job. successful yeah. business, hasn't it? Yeah. Dogs in the pandemic has become big business. Unbelievable. Yeah. Cause, and that was for her, you know, that was kind of the yeah. end of her, her career was, you know, right during the pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. she said, everybody's getting a dog and then the dogs are not, uh, as she said, you know, the big challenge was people are getting the dogs and then the dogs are in the house and they're not, they're not socialized, right. Yeah. The way they should not be. Too. And so then they, they're almost neurotic, like their, their parents are. So. Yeah. <laughs> So what's uh, what's on the on the docket for you here in the future? What what other things are you doing? I don't know. Is the honest <laughs> answer. <laughs> I you love know, it. Was it was a very very much bigger project. I mean, to the point, okay. my my jigsaw puzzle. To the point, I actually halted for about four months, and I thought, you yep. know, have I gone too far? Is this too big to do? Mm -hmm. um, so so yeah, I'm still in the recovery phase. <laughs> Well, well, you did retire and all, so yeah, yeah I know. What you you got to do a little bit of that part too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is fantastic. I am just so excited for you. Can't wait! Uh, can't wait to read the book. Um, so let's transition to the next phase, which is the fast five questions. You ready? I am. All right. So phase one, number question number one. You wake up in the morning, business is gone. You have your contact still, $500, laptop, computer, place to live. What are you going to do first? Trade. It's got to be, it's back to the same old game. I've got, you know, it doesn't matter what really, but it would be mm -hmm. back to the selling trade. Love it. Fall back to what you know, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you work and on something you love later yeah. on. Fall, you, fall back to what no you know that actually build. makes money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second question. What's the biggest business mistake you ever made? Staying in that business too long. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I think sounds I like the game away on that one, but it, yeah. you know, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's knowing when to, when to cut and run and, yeah. and take the yeah, take advantage. What's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? Well, I can't say mine, can I? Um, so, um, can. <laughs> well, obviously, I, I mean, I think Start for Success is a good book to read yeah. because I think a lot of experienced entrepreneurs get a lot out of it. Um, mm. Start is, is a really good inside look at entrepreneurship if you're thinking about it. The other one I, I, I fall back on actually a lot, or I did in business particularly, which is a, a little book not that well known, but called It's a Zoo Around Here, okay. by a man called Nigel Risner. Okay. And that's about, it's a very simple way of learning to com understand communication. Mm -hmm. But it's a I good read it. and extraordinarily yeah. useful. You know, we got into it um, when I had the, the factories and, you know, we would incorporate it in our interviews and, you know, then stare at people and say, oh, you're a dolphin. And they'd look at you and go, you know, well, what else am I doing here? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't want to be a dolphin. I don't like dolphins. <laughs> okay. What's a tool that you use every day that you might recommend for our audience? 
Of course, I'm fairly weak on tech because by the time tech hit, I had other people doing it all for me, so I didn't Mm -hmm. have to learn it. Um, So I've come come to it late. I mean, as a writer, I use Grammarly a lot. Though I don't think it's as good as it used to be. I don't like it as much as it used to be. It's got very constraining. You know, I get very bored of having my voice flattened out completely into an analog. You know, I just... You know, I, I've had to learn to skip it a lot. And I noticed yeah. that actually, because I did use a pro editor um, mm. who, who works part-time or did work part-time, can't remember, first Simon Adjuster. So he, okay. he sort of knows his stuff. And I noticed he corrected an awful lot of Ramali, Really, was quite interesting. So I thought it's not just me. Even, uh, yeah, and I mean, I still use it too. And I, I, I find that it makes me a little bit better of a writer. But yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it will make it kind of bland. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, it very. just it kind of takes the zing out of it. It does. Yeah, and I yeah. swore by it when um, yep. it first started. But, Have you um, used any of the the artificial intelligence type stuff, the Chat GPT phrase? I or my guy, yeah. my guy who does some of the social media design for uh-huh. me he actually sent me a long, complicated explanation of of um, of it today. Chat GPT. Yeah. Um, and said, you know, you've got to, got to do this. And I wrote, wrote rather snappily back, I will, I will, when I get to home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I should. I know I should. Have you? I tell you, I, uh, you know, I, I come from the world you do. I, you know, I'm a writer. I'm, you know, I can do this. Yeah. I will tell you, I started writing blog articles using one of the tools. I use one called Phrase, uh, F-R-A-S-E. And I am a convert. Um, really? I am an absolute convert. It, what it does is, well, uh, the thing I liked about phrase, unlike chat GPT, that one's kind of weird and I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> phrase helps you to get your thought process right. So what it, what it really does is it goes out and you kind of give it an idea of what you, you're looking for. And it'll basically yeah. go out and look at everything on the internet. And it kind of comes in and organizes it by topics and then you can grab those topics and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing an article about time management. So I want this heading, this heading, this heading. And here's a little bit of the information that was out there that, that it found on the internet. And then you just literally hit a button and it creates an article. It'll create about a thousand to 1500 word article that gets you about 85% of the way there. You know, and then you kind of have to put your own spin yeah. on it. And then well, you run it through like a Grammarly. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting you don't like um, the, the chat one. I, yeah. I mean, he assures me it's very good for brand building, but you yeah. don't think so. Whatever. I, I, the phrase, I actually had a conversation with the guy who developed it, and it's yeah. designed for SEO. It was primarily designed for SEO right. creation. So if you're doing, you know, if you've got a blog, where, you know, SEO needs to be a major part of it. I don't want to consciously sit there and think of what words should I put in here? What are my keywords? What should I I put in there? I hate it. I want to write well. I don't want to stuff words. Absolutely. Well, that's what it does is it goes out and it says, Uh okay, here's here's the keywords you should be. Let's get these in here. And then you can go back through and tweak everything. And like I said, it gets me about 85% of the way there, which can save i mean it might take me a half day to a day to write an article yeah now it takes 15 minutes to create it and then you know i can spend that hour to an hour and a half tweaking it and and go from there 
Yeah, phrase, right. F-R-A-S-E dot I-O. I shall look that so, up. Yeah, it's it's worth it. It's worth try, you know, trying it out and seeing how it works. I would What I would encourage anybody to do if you do it, they do offer a free uh, kind of walkthrough session. I would highly recommend it because I, tip, right. I typically don't like doing that. No, but I, I learned so much. <laughs> oh, my patience goes. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I lose patience big time. So I'm, yeah, I'm right there I'm with good. you. So last question. What is your definition of freedom? Choice. You know, choice. being able to make choice of a uh, choice of what to do, when to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not very money orientated, which probably didn't help when I was growing business, <laughs> but you know, I want enough, um, but enough to make the choices, you know, yeah. I'm going to work today. I'm going to write today. I'm going to go to the beach today. I love it. I don't Absolutely. mind hard work, but I want to be, it's control, isn't it? It's a yeah. control freak thing. It's not control freak. That's just, <laughs> yeah. I, I just want, yeah, you want to be able to choose. I, I love yeah. that idea. It's a great, that's a, it was the simplest answer I've ever gotten. I love it. <laughs> well, Jen, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, um, wants to get a hold of the book, what's the best ways? Well, if if they have the book name in their heads, they can go straight on Barnes & Noble mm-hmm. or Amazon or anywhere like that. And it'll but be right they, below us. They can, <laughs> yep, simple as that. Uh, they can also come to my website, which is okay. www.jancavell.co.uk. Um, mm-hmm. Very simple, just the name and co.uk. And there are links on the book to various places to buy on, on the book, on the website, on various places to buy the book <laughs> as well, if you have forgotten in any way, shape or form. But yeah, Wonderful. do get in touch. Love to hear from you. Anybody who's listening, anything I can do, just shout. Wonderful. Thank you, Jan. I'm so appreciative of having you on today. A wonderful conversation. I'm so excited for the book. I actually just ordered it while we were sitting here talking. So looking <laughs> forward you. to uh, looking forward to hearing it a little bit or listening to it and, and watching it. So Wonderful. Well, thank you. Well, Jan, thank you so much. Uh, folks, uh, make sure that you get in contact with Jan. Below is all the contact information she gave us, uh, links to the to the book. I um, recommend you uh, take a look at it and let's support Jan by getting out there and buying some of the books and, and learning what she has to share with us with lots of years of experience uh, growing business. Uh, we do this every two days or, or twice a week. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel wherever you're at. And if you can, give us a five-star review and share this with someone else so that we can help out more people in the world. So thanks a lot. We love your support and thank you for being here. We will see you back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.